0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 17 of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Roscoe. And guys, we're coming to the end of Keeneland. And we're getting ever and ever so close to that first Saturday in May. So, and it's going to be an absolutely insane week for the podcast, as I'm going to get into in a little bit. But like, there's literally going to be no better place to get all your Derby content than right here on the HHH Racing Podcast. As you'll see, scrolling on the bottom of the screen here, we have an eight-podcast week coming up, starting with Sunday night with um, the flagship show guys, Howard, Pete, and Paul, going over their, I think I believe it's their post-draw and their kind of analysis on who's going to get, who needs the best post and stuff, and along those lines. Then Monday goes into that post-position analysis after they get drawn, and obviously, and then we're going to go through Oaks, Derby pick fives, Uh, The two-day pick six we'll be covering as well. All that will be coming out super shortly. So keep your eye on this channel for all of the shows. Excuse me, I hit my mic. My apologies. For all the shows coming up this week. Again, that's eight podcasts you guys will get through the week of the Derby. I believe it's one Sunday, two Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then one on Thursday. But again, keep your eye on this channel for the final schedule. It's going to be an absolutely amazing week, like I said. Uh, down below, you see scrolling on here, bettonandboozin at gmail.com is the email. Please email me with all questions, comments, concerns, and anything you might need. And right there, you can follow me on Twitter at Roscoe I post all my picks every day I play, which is usually Friday, Saturday. We do this show for Friday, and I'll handicap Saturday's card. I believe this week, though, I think I might only cap Keeneland. But either way, um follow me on Twitter and follow the other guys on Twitter as well. They post their picks as well. Periodically. I post them every weekend if you are interested. Um, and for those of you that are new, I mean, we're going to have, hopefully we're going to have a bunch of new people coming in Derby week as it is the most exciting time of the year in for horse racing. Please hit subscribe and hit that like button down below. We are, we have surpassed over 2000 subscribers and we're at 2.04 now, 2.0 thousand that is. And that's again, thank you guys so much as we had a big celebration for it last week, um, But please, if you're new here, or if you find yourself coming back on the regular and you aren't subscribed, please go down there, hit that subscribe button. Why not? You're already coming back anyway. And then please hit that like button. It lets YouTube know that this is a show that people want to watch and they'll start pushing it out to other horse racing connoisseurs on the Internet. So please hit that like button and subscribe. As for the rest of, you know, all the smorgasbord of all the stuff, if you're an audio listener, please go uh apple podcast spotify and anchor those are the main ones that we um post on so if you're more of an audio listener i would recommend the youtube channel but if you are please go rate review and subscribe on those three platforms guys i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna it's not even me it's howard and pete and paul but guys the power picks just absolutely smashed 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 it out of the park last week they gave out four i believe it's four spot plays out of six with Rattle and Roll and others at Keeneland, and then some, I believe at oakland but they just absolutely smashed everything. Pick five spot plays, anything you could desire on a race day for only four bucks a weekend. It comes out to fifteen ninety nine on Patreon. They charge it per monthly, but it comes out to four dollars a weekend. The average horse player ROI is one dollar sixty cents. Year to date was two dollars and thirty four cents, so it's over a profit. And that, that ROI is only going to go up. So, guys, if you're interested at all, especially especially before the Derby, as it's going to be a blown-out edition as well with all – I believe all stakes races will be uh, all grids for ABC bets that Howard, Pete, and Paul do. All spot plays for entire both Kentucky Oaks and Kentucky Derby Day. If you are at all interested, I highly, highly recommend it. As, again, only $4 a weekend. So, please – go to patreon.com/hhh racing podcast to get in on the fun and again thank you to our beautiful sponsor who makes this all possible bet us a fantastic live betting and prop betting sports betting website i just said betting three times but if you are depositing money please use code racing3h when you go that link is in the description of course racing3h and if you deposit $100 or more you'll get a free 125% Back and then for all things like previous editions of the power picks. If you want to take a look about us or anything you could want, please go to HHHRacingPodcast.com. Great job by our co by Power's co-host Pete Visco for Manning the website. Guys, we're gonna get right into it here. We got it, it's gonna be hopefully a little bit of a quicker show tonight. Not gonna bore you guys too long here, but um I'm gonna go through the late pick five at Keeneland, which includes some really tough races, including the grade three bewitch stakes. Which includes the champion, uh, the return not of champion, but of a very, very nice mare in Warlike Goddess. So, guys, let's get right into it here. I'm going to say hi to some few chatters. Michael Austin, what's going on, my friend? Thanks so much for joining the show, Racing Downwind. Let's get the party started, boys. You already know me, Racing Downwind. It's only me and Charlie tonight, so you know the party's going to be there. Uh, Alexander Remington, what's going on, my ma- my man? Welcome to the show. Greatly appreciate you joining in. Sacramento checking in. Christine Race, one of our favorites and one of our longest, longest uh supporters. So thanks again, Christine, for joining the show. Greatly appreciate it. And then Jim polars thanks so much for joining the show. I see your comment there as well. So cheers to everybody watching. Charlie, bringing him in right now from The Ohio State University, Charlie Freeman. Charlie, what's going on, my friend?
1: What's up? I got a, I got a bone to pick with you. I don't, I don't really like the shirt, personally. I'm not really a fan of someone who supports oil buddy teams, and I'm a Chelsea fan, and we're in the mud, so I don't really like uh, oh, that we're talking soccer. Now, now, Man City's going to win the league, and it's a disaster. Damn yeah, right, it Newcastle, is. Dis-
0: but... Disaster my ass, man. It's the best thing that could have happened today. I watched so wait, every single minute a, of it. When did you become a
1: fan of them? Like after 2000,
0: FIFA 14. That play I actually FIFA thirteen. Excuse me. I pick. That's the only team I ever played with in FIFA, and that's the reason I'm a fan of them. Oh, so just I've been a fan of them the ever since.
1: Road with them. I see hey, okay.
0: dude, that was back in Yaya Toure days. They weren't. They weren't the best in FIFA at that point. Come on now, oh, but for, for, for Yaya Toure, David Silva, get out of here. But <laughs> hey, hey, it's, you know, little oil money comes around. No, no, nothing hurts, man. I'm just I mean, look at It
1: certainly helped Newcastle. My brother's a Newcastle fan, so yeah. Which, I, I, can't, I, I know we're talking about it later, but I can't wait to talk about your Bucks, man. They are in trouble.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can all we can talk about anything. Obviously, we'll talk about it, but yeah, I'm not happy about what's going on. But as we'll know, we'll get to that, guys. Let's get right into this pick five here. Like I said, it's going to be pretty quick, rapid fire pace here today. So we're gonna try and get it out in under an hour. Um, like the late pick five at Keeneland, I know Charlie has some mega opinions, so he'll go through <laughs> that and the, the ticket is small from him and it, I can promise you it is not small for me, but I have good reason for it as I will touch on throughout the show. But, but Charlie, we're going to go right into it here. The first race of the late pick five on Friday is race six. It is a maiden special weight, hundred thousand dollars. I going really long on the turf actually for uh, Phillies and mares $100,000 maiden special weight, going a mile and three sixteenths on the turf. The morning line favorite is the number eight Ontario bread Salabia for Tyler Gaflione and Brendan Walsh. Who's having a really, really fantastic Keenly meet. And as I put up the picks for all of us and again, to all of you guys listening patrick is not here but he hopes to make it by the end of the show one of the games that he's doing for his internship ran is got pushed back an hour so he's unable to make it maybe he'll join us at the end but his picks are coming up on the screen now and charlie being the chalk eating weasel that he is going with the chalk on top charlie what do you like about salabia
1: yeah i, I just for those that are just listening keep in mind, kyle also is the eight on top so we're talking about chalk. I mean, I already knew we were going to have the same top pick once I saw the odds. But, yeah, no, I mean, this horse just makes all the sense in the world to me. I like the figures. I like the consistency. Obviously, it wasn't a cheap horse. Uh, you know, Tyler Gaffling my favorite jockey, so anytime I see a horse that he's on that has a chance, I got to look at, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, Walsh has been on a roll. Um, you know, this horse obviously going against another horse in this field that I think is a, a very reasonable price in pure uh, country. I think those are arguably the two best – uh, in the field but yeah I mean obviously the competition solid uh, you look you know it was in $500,000 race earlier uh, it's been in some higher up made in special weights and has been close but just hasn't quite got there um, but I, don't know, I just feel like this is kind of like one of those things where the horse has been getting close and I don't think it's second I don't think it's run enough to be worried about it so I just feel like this is a good spot for this horse and this really is it's kind of opportunity to show that it's the class of the field and should win this race.
0: I agree, and look, you know, you guys give me all the shit you want, but this horse, I mean, if you just look at the... I mean, granted, previously trained by Chad Brown, but the switch to Brendan Walsh does not concern me one bit. This horse is raced against contemporary art. As I go, just bring up her PPs. I mean, this horse came back and won another optional claimant Goldstream, but was put in the Saratoga Oaks last year, came back after a really long layoff for Kristoff and won with an 89 buyer. I mean... That's that's nothing to shake about by anything. It's Moira, Sister Siegel. They both ran out. We all know uh, Moira and how good that horse is. And then For the Flag, which if I bring up For the Flags PPs, won, a, won a $108,000 N1X last weekend when I was at Keeneland. I did not have that horse on top. And funny enough, it ended up being the chalk. I thought that horse was going to be like 7 to 1. But I think... The eight is really live. And thank you for also mentioning that, Matthew Tremura. I am also was also going to bring that up. I completely forgot about it. Ended up beating Personal Best, who is a very big player in the Bewitched later in the card. And obviously, who she has really turned into a really nice horse Um coming down the stretch here. No pun intended. But I really like Salabia as well. I just think this is a great spot for her second off the layoff turning newly turned four-year-old you know the you can talk about the lack of improvement i guess for coming from three to four just based on numbers wise but walsh has been having a very good mean he's pointing horses really well at keeneland and for closing day i think he saved one of the best ones for last so i'm going with salabia in this race as you are as well. And actually we have the same top three, Charlie. So I'm just going to let you round it out here and I'll add on anything on and I'll go over who Patrick has and then
1: we'll move on. Yeah. I mean, for me, this really was a three horse race. There just wasn't a lot that excited me. Uh, the 12 is obviously interesting. I mean, Clement's a great trainer, mm-hmm. Joel Rosario, decent jockey. You no, know, obviously second time start. Uh, a lot of times horses tend to take that next step forward after that first race. So it's kind of what I was banking on with the 12. I will say the post position is a little, bit of a discouragement for me. I don't necessarily love it being all the way on the outside, um, but I do also think maybe it can help because as it mentioned in the comments, it got a studied start because of getting squeezed. So that shouldn't be a concern with it being all the way on the outside. But uh, yeah, I certainly think the sources, uh, Interesting. I don't love the seven to two price on it, and I don't know what price you'll actually get on it. But I also do love when you see on the time form the late speed that it has. So I definitely think the 12 could be a dangerous horse. But I also, which I know we'll touch on briefly, think the nine is a very interesting horse, and I love the price. I don't think you'll get that price, but I think the nine was like six to one opening, which to me is pretty surprising. Because it's another one that's been in some decent, if you look especially earlier on, like made in special weight, 99,000, 122,000, 87,000. It ran really well against the favorite and the deserved favorite, the eight in this race. Another one that's been working well as well. So by no means do I think this horse should be discredited. I will say some people care about it and I get it. Like it did run its best race, race with Joel Rosario on it. But Rosario chose the twelve, which you know, make of that what you will. But I think the nine is another one that could be interesting, and you could get it a very good price.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna start with the twelve, then I'll move on to the nine. The only thing that concerns me, and again, this is completely with these maidens, you can go many different ways here. She's three maiden. I mean, you know, Christoph doesn't necessarily crank up his horses, but being almost ten to one first time out for Christoph with with the connections with the China Horse Club, I. That, that scares me a little bit. The horse isn't working that great, but I, I mean, they have to your point, Charlie, with the 12 post, they have such a long run, run to the turn. Uh, it's a mile and three sixteenths. I'll even go up just to show everybody. You can see they start all the way at the back of the stretch for this run. So the post doesn't necessarily scare me at all for this race. And if this horse can take another step forward, there really isn't anybody that um, has either shows improvement towards that upper 70s. Or any or anything, and like you stated, how these horses can really show something more second time out. I'm gonna an, and Pioneer of the Nile by tap it by a tap mare. This horse looks distance all the way through, so I will take a shot with the number twelve in second, and with the number nine. The only thing again, there, I'm going there's a you can kind of pick holes in all these horses here. The one thing that kind of scares me is it was running in those Kentucky bred. Um, Kentucky bred Maidens or the Kentucky uh, Extra Money Maidens, excuse me, at Churchill at distance was running pretty well. Had Bay up. So um, the fact that Rosario jumps off, Bay still gets on. He knows the horse. I'm not too worried about that, but this horse really hasn't shown that much improvement. Just coming back, came back last race uh, in that live race that I talked about with for the flag. So maybe she can start improving newly turned four-year-old, but I'm willing to take a shot. Hopefully, we can get that six to one. If not, a little bit more. Judging by connections and jockey wise, I think you will get every bit of that six to one. Um, but hopefully, she can continue to take a little step forward. But that's the one thing that concerns me is you can see opening up seventy two, coming back gets a seventy two, second off the layoff. Hopefully, she can improve. So Patrick, well, man, Patrick is not here, wild. but my man Patrick, how man like Patrick? It's going the twenty to one shot. On top, Dixie Supreme for Connor Murphy and James Graham. I would have, I would have loved to hear his explanation right. on what the hell that is. Because I mean, I like the
1: late speed, but like, man, look, there's just nothing else there.
0: Look, I will never, I'll never talk if people love a twenty to one shot. I'll never talk anybody off because, I mean, hey, kudos to you just for having balls, basically. <laughs> but I know we, I don't handicap with the morning lines. I don't think Patrick does either either. And I don't know if you do, Charlie, or not, but um, this just seems like a really tough spot for a horse like this. Um, you probably get that 20 to 1, too. I mean, just connections-wise, I don't think this horse is necessarily going to get bet. Coming from Tapita, low numbers, although a cold pace, but, you know, I mean, Giants Causeway mare. I mean, you can see the distance in the pedigree, but this horse is definitely going to have to show a little bit extra me and then he's actually going another 15 to 1 and third with the 12 and second but i agree with you matthew trimmer i just see your comment in the chat he says union rags is not a particularly good turf sire i do agree with you
1: this one kind of surprises me more honestly like again with the seven i get it because like it does have that 91 late speed and as you mentioned this is a very long race so maybe that's the angle we went with. It's, I mean, it's a, horses that haven't won yet. They're, they don't have a lot of experience. So maybe he just was like, you know what, that's a big speed, fi- uh, late figure. Maybe it takes a huge step forward. But, like, I don't see it at all with the four. I mean, a 46 is abysmal, doesn't have early speed, doesn't really have late speed either, hasn't worked well. The connections don't get you all that excited. I don't know. I mean, look, I, like like you said, since he's going with double digit horse uh it's not like he's taking some horse where it's like there, it's at a low price, and you can't believe it's at that low of a price. He's taking chances, yep. and again, as you mentioned, with a race like this where there's no clear cut dominant horse, it it wouldn't be the craziest race for an underdog to to shock everyone.
0: Yeah, and that's a, this is a spread race for me. I was actually originally at six. I had to dumb it down a little bit to four, uh, for my ticket. But this horse just again, just an awful lot to do. He she. She has Galileo and on her mare's side. So the distant the turf distance is obviously there. Sources Irish bred, but this and um at that last race at Fairgrounds, you can see turf was always meant for this horse. So I don't necessarily take that uh, last race into consideration. Maybe she learned a little something, but the stretch out the mile and three ths just based on how the horse ran again, it could be surface-wise, but that's not enough for me to take this horse in a in a race as competitive as this so i will take a pass but again with one of these races it would not shock me if you can get one of these massive prices home charlie we're moving on to the seventh race now the seventh race as i bring up the equibase is gosh dang it i did not do that. hold on clicking a bunch of buttons it's another main special weight going seven furlongs on the dirt this time another hundred thousand dollar main special weight a full field of twelve with two also eligibles. The morning line favorite being the number three Castle Warden and da Yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh man, I love it so much. Look, this horse, this horse is definitely the one to beat. I, I did multiple times in this card that I almost put another horse on top, um, and my other pick would have been eight to one, who I have in second, who's the six. Patrick. Patrick and I are exactly the same, so no need to touch on his horses. But, Charlie, you're the floor is yours, my friend. You're going with the three Castle on self. top, but you're I, I going with two completely others underneath.
1: I know we all went with the three, but I'm proud of myself. I didn't, I didn't have that five in there. I was like, you know what? I can't be all chalky and weasel. I have to have something else in there. So you knew I had to throw the Wesley Ward horse in there somewhere. And I'll touch on it after we go over the three, but I think the two is a very intriguing horse. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, yeah, to start off with the three – I mean, what's not to love? Perfect connections, obviously, with Brad Cox and Florent Giroux. Has been working ridiculously well with a 47-1 and a minute-two. Just two great works. Second time out, again, we just hit on in the last race, how these horses really tend to take a good step forward in the second race. I like the speed figure. I like the trip that I saw from it in its first race out. Obviously, not a cheap horse either. It just really does feel like the horse to beat. It feels like this is a great spot for this horse. I don't think it's unbeatable by any means, but I do think rightfully so it is the favorite. I think because of how big the field is barring a lot of scratches, it probably will go off around what it's at. I think maybe a little bit up to three to one, maybe just because some people might be like in a field that big with only one race, they might be a little scared. Um, But yeah, I love everything about the three for me personally. There's nothing that really scares me off of it. Again, I don't think it's unbeatable, but I certainly think it deserves to be the favorite.
0: Yeah. And this, and sadly, we can't show the replay just because of fairgrounds and everything with the Twin Spires yeah. tracks, but um, the Churchill Downs tracks. Excuse me, but um, if you, this is another replay to show, this horse was all over the place. She or he, excuse me. I, I corrected myself. I'm not saying her drink for that. I corrected myself right off. Um, but this horse uh, lugged in on the turn, lugged in in the stretch at the top. Lugged in again and the middle just super green. But this horse looked if this horse was kept straight, this horse definitely looked the best to me on the track. So doubling up, um, or doubling up, going coming second time out for Cox and Giroux with connections wise and Judmont, a homebred for Judmont. I don't think you'll even get that five to two personally. You're you're I think you're probably more lucky if you get two to one, let alone what this horse will probably be at post time. But Um, I like that this horse can be forwardly placed on the Keeneland track Um, generally over the past few weeks it's it's on the dirt especially it's been better to be towards the front Um, look if, if this horse can definitely you know straighten up and cost can get this horse a little less green for its second time out I think this horse is really going to be live in this spot and again do what you will at the price but maybe you can try and find some value in a multi-race wager or something like that, because I don't think you're going to get any type of value on this horse whatsoever, but I am going with the number three on top. And so is everybody on the panel, Charlie, your floor is yours. My friend Two ten underneath go take it away.
1: So, yeah, I mean, this two horse really excites me. I just, I love the figures on it with the, 88 early and 83 late really shows that this horse doesn't necessarily need to be on the lead, but can't, but has enough speed to be towards the front and has enough late speed that, you know, if that three horse does get to the front, it can sit off right off the pace. Had a very solid effort last time out, just couldn't quite get the job done again with uh, george weaver and louis size great connections very expensive i don't see how you get six to one on this horse maybe i'm missing something but when i looked at this field before i saw the odds come out i thought it was a two horse race between the three and the two and i'll get to the 10 horse later i'm not gonna lie part of the reason i had it in there was some bias uh, i do think the 10's nonetheless a great horse but yeah this two horse really excites me and as you kind of mentioned with the three again like I liked what I saw on the trip because of what you mentioned. So much went wrong, and it still had such a great effort. I think it really will step up, and you're probably right. It probably won't be a great price. So if you really are looking for a horse to beat the three and get a much better price, I think the two is every bit the horse to take. Again, I don't don't see how you get six to one on that horse, but I absolutely love the two horse.
0: I personally think I don't know if you get six to one, but I think there's going to be a lot of other horses that are going to take a little bit of money in this spot. Agree, the three like being, being one like for sure.
1: One. I think this will be like a four to one ish. I, I don't know six just seems a little high for me.
0: Yeah, and I mean, hey, you know, it, I mean, it could easily come down. Just um, again, connections wise, and the horse, the races that this has run, I'll talk about the five and the six after Charlie's done. But Charlie, you're going with the number ten, Gold Ghost, and of course, there's the man himself. Uh, Wesley wore John Velasquez with a bullet last time, uh, working.
1: Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm trusting Wesley, you know, again, not a cheap horse. Wesley, great trainer. Again, I know I'm biased cause I'm connected to him, but like the stats do speak for themselves. Uh, the angle I kind of took was with this horse being towards the outside, you know, maybe this horse, again, another one with strong early speed, maybe this one can just get to the front and hang on. I mean, obviously the bullet workout shows that this horse can and is willing to go. Um, I, but the thing I also do like is the fact that it was kind of able to sit off the pace and still stay competitive. And again, another solid field. Um, so yeah, again, with a race where as much as we I hyped up the three and like it as much as I think the two's good too. Another one where it's six to one. This one again because it's Wesley Ward. It'll certainly take play and probably get closer to four to one, maybe even lower. Could probably honestly, it'll probably go off at lower odds than the two because of the connections. I mean, again, you got John Velasquez on it as well. Um, See, so yeah, I think the ten is another very dangerous horse and could very well win this race would not surprise me personally
0: yeah like, by i mean side,
1: i like that it's working well
0: well you'd like that it's wesley ward is what you like about it but well, that helps but look i want to see i want to see the average of what wesley what wesley's horses like odds wise are i mean just in and, and those baby races alone i mean i don't think he's been anything besides the one that uh the other one he had in the race that won that i don't think he's had a horse like Above seven to five in one of those races, like I mean, he always gets hammered at Keeneland, but it's ins- I mean, like it's insane how much he gets bet down. So I don't think you're going to get that six to one at all. This horse ran on synthetic last time, stretching out an extra hat a uh, extra furlong. I'm not sure the horse really wants that extra distance, although it is by Uncle Mo. So I don't see it. I mean, the breeding suggests longer, but the last race didn't really suggest that to me. And with for me. With this Wesley horse, I do have him in my ticket later on, but at such a low price, like these Wesley horses always are at Keeneland, it's just not going to be for me. He's going to have to show me that he can run really well on dirt for the price that he's going to be. But again, not completely out of the question whatsoever. And I really like that Johnny V uh, takes up the irons for this horse coming from, I mean, Gerardo Kralis is a very nice jockey, especially around the Kentucky circuits. Um, but obviously, Hall of Famer, Johnny V, absolutely nothing wrong with it. And look, I'm going to talk about this six. And again, I can't show the replay, which really makes me mad because this is a horse that I'm going solely on its last replay. This horse is like, I mean, for running a 22 and one opening quarter turfways about the modest pace, but then a 23 and three and a and a 12 and um, a 12 flat. Next 16th. I mean, that's for Turfway. That's really slow on the Tapita, for especially for these maiden races like this. And this horse literally coming around the first turn. You should, if anyone wants, they uh, Turfway posts all the replays on YouTube. I highly suggest you go watch them. But or especially this race, but we can't show them on here for obvious reasons. But this horse was literally in the parking lot. I shit you not. The horse literally might have been had like three quarters of the way to the outside rail coming to the top of the stretch and circled everyone and was was flying down the center but i think just didn't have, i mean just didn't frankly just didn't have enough to get home being so wide but first time out that to make that type of run um especially with a trainer who's extremely hot with brendan walsh gets tyler Gaffleone. i think this horse is extremely alive in this spot and obviously with a Godolphin horse you're not going to get better connections. And I think you'll probably, you probably won't get that eight to one. I'm thinking more five, six to one, hopefully six to seven to one. Um, I think that's the value for this horse, but based on replay alone, I love the effort first time out. I almost, like I said, at the beginning of this, I almost picked this horse on top, but, um, being that it's a little bit disadvantaged, disadvantageous to be a little bit towards the back. I'm not sure this horse necessarily is going to be at the back, um, in this race necessarily coming second time out, but it's definitely going to have to come from at least mid pack. And that hasn't been advantageous to horses at Keeneland, but I think this horse is going to be very live in this spot. And third, I went bad boy, Frank, then the Lothian block blue for Ian Wilkes and Leperu. This horse just ran a really bang up race five and a half. I think this horse just based on the breeding as well as the last race looked like he had a lot coming down the lane. I think this horse is going to benefit from the extra one and a half and coming from didn't really necessarily face anyone that last Gulfstream race, but you know, coming from late or early meet after the championship meet, I think this horse could still be very live and getting that four to one. I think you're, I think you're actually going to get more of a price on this horse than either the Wesley horse or the two personally i think you're probably going to get eight to one about this horse seven to one maybe but people are also going to see that buyer number so it's kind of a toss-up between will people will the public bet on connections more or bet the straight numbers more so we'll see what happens but i think you'll get a better price on this horse with the last race had a lot coming down the lane i think this horse is also very live i'm going three six five with Patrick and Charlie's going three to ten, Charlie, we're moving on to the next race here, just race eight. And as I switch to the next echo base right now, this one is the big one, Charlie. It is the Bewitched Grade Three, going a mile and a half on the turf. Most basically, just the Philly version of the Elkhorn that ran last weekend. Um, and let's see what we're working with here. F- a field of six, only drawn for this race, but again. Six very, at least four very live horses, in my opinion, all headed by the number four, Warlike Goddess for Bill Mott and Joel Rosario at three to five. And I, I guarantee you're not going to see anything. We're not going to have to talk much about this race whatsoever at all, I don't think. But as you can all see, we all are going with Warlike Goddess, but something's coming up a little bit of a, uh, a curveball is coming for you guys later. I think Warlike Goddess can be beaten in this spot, and I really, really believe that. But Charlie, I'm gonna let you talk through your top three, and I'll round. I'll obviously we all have them, and I'll let you talk. I'll uh, I'll follow up with anything you got. So, what did you like mainly about Warlike Goddess, and then move into your next picks?
1: I mean, Warlike Goddess is literally just like my dream horse. I mean, Joel Rosario. And Bill Mott, obviously great connections. But I mean, you look at the figures, and man, this horse solely relies on its late speed, but I love it. Long, long, long race. You know, I love my closers, those horses that just keep on coming. Great figures, consistent. I mean, for me, the two is the second best horse in this race, and Warlike Goddess has had Temple City Terror's number. Um, yeah, I just personally don't see how this horse gets beat. I think this is a great spot for this horse. There's a reason it's been such a heavy favorite in the past. The works have been respectable enough. There's just there's nothing that really scares me. For me, when I was making my top three, it was kind of just like, all right, who do I think is going to get to have the privilege of finishing behind the four, but be close enough that you can still see the horse on the screen? So that's how I see it. I think this is the four's race. I, I don't think it's going to be much competition. The odds were a little surprising simply because of the fact that while I know it's a small field, it's still a big race and there's still some other classy horses for sure. I thought this horse was going to be like six to five on the morning line, personally, but. Not surprised that it's three to five. I, I, I don't. I don't think there's any chance that that horse ends up finishing at any sort of reasonable odds. So uh, I do think it is one where if you do want to go with the four, you got to put it on its own. Yeah. But uh, it, yeah, I mean, for me, it's there, there's no. This horse hasn't done anything wrong for me. I love everything about it.
0: Of course, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say with this. One. I mean, to put to how much faith Krikorian had in this, in her. She, he, instead of throwing her in the Philly and Mare turf where she would have probably been two to five in that race, she gets thrown into the Breeders' Cup turf and runs a really respectable third behind Rebels Romance and Stone Age, two very, very nice horses. Um, obviously, Rebels Romance went to Dubai and raced in that circuit. Stone Age, I don't think, has come back yet. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I hate you, Jim. Sometimes oh, I Jim, swear to God, Jim, Jim. <laughs> but... I, no, I'm just kidding, Jim. I love you. But I don't think that, but for me in a race like this, if there's one race that you're going to beat her, it's going to be here off of a race. Uh, she hasn't raced since the Breeders' Cup. She's working. She's been working okay down at Payson, but not, not really lights out. So for me, this is a race where you either, like Charlie said, you either single her and move on, or you try to beat her. And again, I, I have her as well in the pick five later, but um, re- if you're playing like an ABC ticket, I would tend to bring her down a punch. I'd probably place her as a B, but this is just the one spot that I I'm probably not a B. I'd probably keep her in a, but if think if there's one spot you're going to beat Warlike like goddess, it is this spot. And Charlie, I'm gonna let you talk about Temple City Terror and um god i can't th- personal best excuse me my apologies but charlie go ahead and talk about temple city terror
1: yeah for me this is a three horse race honestly um i think i guess what the five would benefit from is that even though it's early speed isn't great compared to the other two contenders it's obviously clearly the best um but yeah for me i guess the only thought process i kind of just had was i know Warlike goddess has, has obviously had temple city terror's number but this is still a very classy horse not cheap again with brand uh, brandon walsh and Jose Ortiz, great connections. Um, the horse still has had some successful wins at good competition, still has some great figures. Again, I feel like as much as Warlike Like Goddess has its number, I mean, it's had a few races where it's only lost to this horse by a length. And you obviously know, like with horse racing, with how as predictable at times as it seems like it is, it truly is unpredictable. And for me, if you're a horse where you can compete with a horse that strongly and be within a length on, of it multiple times, all you need is for that horse to be maybe, I don't know, 85, 90% of its ability rather than 100 and for that horse to race at its absolute best, and you could see the upset happen. Now, again, as we'll get to my ticket later, I personally don't see it happening, but that's why I have this horse in second, is I think if this horse can just run another best effort, like I know the 85 is obviously concerning, but if it can, you know, that was its first time off the layoff, so maybe it gets back in rhythm. Now, if it can get to those high 90s, even maybe or low 100s figure, and maybe the four horse doesn't have its best effort and runs only like 85, 90% of its ability, I think the two is the one that has the best chance to pull to the upset. I don't see it happening, but that was just my logic.
0: I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like I said, if, if there's one spot you're going to beat, world, you're going to try to beat Warlike Goddess. I think this is as good as a spot as any. And I mean, Temple City Terror to run back to her 99s. I think that's could be easily good enough to win this race, depending on how sharp. Excuse me, depending on how sharp Warlike Goddess is. I really do. Um, she is newly turned seven, and the 85 is a little bit of a concern. But I took it as. Just off the layoff wasp, put her pretty deep, but it's also really short, way shorter than I think she wants to go. I think she's definitely more of a mile and three eighths, mile and a half horse. So putting her in a mile and an eighth, that's also what I took that as. So I didn't, didn't concern me too much. As with personal best, I think personal best could sit really not right up on the pace, but could sit really close and get first run. And I think if anyone was to beat Warlike Goddess in this spot, I think it's personal best with a first with a first turn run. Um, that last race in the Orchid, the Gulfstream turf race, the turf races really have not been kind to closers, especially later in the meet with the you know the Derf or whatever. Obviously, no fault to Gulfstream; they had, didn't rain there for months. But I think this horse could get first run on Warlike Goddess, and if she's at all improving off that 97 in the last race i think this horse really really has a big shot to win this race and again i keep saying it but if you're gonna beat warlike goddess at a two to five price this is the race that you're gonna have to do it so i'm going four five two both charlie and patrick are going four two, five and before we move on i gotta give a little shout out to my to the boss man howard thanks so much for joining in the show greatly appreciated my friend he said just recorded my story in one hour documentary about my life on the podcast it'll be on the youtube channel late tonight or tomorrow ben and boot hey, we got some love charlie i guess that's what matters but howard cheers to you my friend can't wait to watch the story obviously since we've become really good friends obviously not only through the podcast but outside the podcast with everything um I'm still going to watch it, even though I know a bunch about it, but I would highly recommend it guys, especially with the podcast. It it's pretty interesting. So again, join up and uh, check out that on the channel either late tonight or early tomorrow. That would be greatly appreciated. So Charlie, we're moving on here. Again, not too much to talk about on that. It's either you really like Warlike goddess or you try to beat her. That's really what it is. And again, it's not only that in this race, I think it's even more likely in the next race. So I race nine, again, it's, we're all the same. Like there's no, there's no difference in our picks at all, except uh, Charlie Meaner is exactly the same. Patrick has the four in second, but a la carte certainly looks really, really tough to beat. And as I bring up the P uh, the Equibase right now, Check out the entries. This is a really nice $110,000 allowance going. Another seven furlongs on the dirt. This one is for the males. And the heavy favorite is a la carte for Bill Mott and Irad. Um, again, just looks really tough in this spot, as you'll see when I bring up the PPs. Charlie, you are going with a la carte. So am I. So is Patrick. What did you like about this horse on top?
1: I mean, this horse just looks every bit the part of ready to just take this field and dominate. I'm not saying it'll be someone where it wins by like six, eight lengths and it's off the screen, but I think this could be one where it wins by three, four lengths convincingly going away. I mean, again, the early speed's great. The, the late speed is strong enough that I'm not really worried about it. Obviously, is a step up in competition since it's, its first race of going against non maidens and ones that have won before. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the source of this spot. I read Bill Ma, obviously great connections. You're not going to get a good price on this one. I'm guessing if you're lucky, another one where I was saying, I thought this one would be a little bit better odds. I thought maybe it would open at like, I don't know, seven to five, eight to five and get bet down to even money. But now that it's starting at less than even money, you're certainly not getting a good price. Another one where, again, I think if you truly believe in it, consider singling it. I mean, when we get to my uh, pick five later, you'll see how I feel about it. But, yeah, I love everything about this horse. I know it's a horse that likes to be at the front, and I get nervous about speed. But this isn't that long of a race. As you mentioned earlier, Keeneland being towards the front helps. This is a horse that can just sit right off the pace. But, honestly, has enough speed in this race. I don't know if it'll have to. It could just honestly get to the front. Um, I do think there only are two other contenders, for me at least, that get me excited enough to even consider. I know the six is a short price as well, and none of us took it but bourbon heist just doesn't do anything for me i think the two and four interesting as much as i love wesley i actually like the two more and i think because of the connections not being as strong as wesley's you'll get a much better price on it i do think the two simply because of its late speed is probably the biggest threat to beating the one horse because as you know what wesley's horse is while this four horse does like to sit off the pace it does want to be closer to the lead and i feel like the only way you're really beating the one is if you're a horse that can sit like a stalker close a roll and get by it but I don't see anybody getting by it. I think the one horse should win this pretty convincingly. Yeah
0: and I know again another four to five shot that we're taking on top guys but this horse I I would personally argue this horse is a more likely winner than Warlike Goddess. And I truly believe that war like Goddess might be the best in the lat and she might be way you know much the best in the previous race, but the layoff could hurt. <coughs> I don't, you know, maybe she's not, maybe she's 90% or something like that. Well, <laughs> I just saw Jim's count. Uh, but, we'll, you know, I just think this horse is even, I love that this was going to be forwardly placed. I really don't think there's that much speed and let alone, you know, good speed. Like, I don't think the the five or the, sorry, excuse me. The three used to show a lot of speed when it was trained by Chad. And then ever since this horse ran, went to the synthetic this horse really hasn't shown speed at all. They're putting the blinkers back on or not back on. They're putting the blinkers on to maybe rekindle a little bit of that early speed at this horse showed, but done the trainer switch. There really, there hasn't been any of that that this horse used to have. And I don't know, like I said, if it's a different training job, I'm, I'm obviously not a horse trainer, so I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm not trusting that horse to go to the front. The four really doesn't have that much speed. I think more like behind first flight horse, OP Firecracker was entered today, um, and I wanted to touch on this horse did scratch today in that fourth race at Keeneland, so this horse will most likely be running in this spot on Friday, but again, no no early speed really whatsoever, and Bourbon Heist really doesn't have that much early speed, Um, you know, again, maybe a behind first flight horse, the one's definitely faster, and then War Room does have a lot of early speed, but this horse just looks really slow on paper to be honest with you. I think the one clears in this race. And as long as she, as long as um he gets to set favorable fractions, I think this horse could be really um this race could be really hard uh to beat this one horse. But Charlie, I'm gonna let you touch on the two and the four. I again this is a race where I originally had it two one uh two one six, I think. Yeah, I had it two one six and then I had it one four six. Then I had it two one six two one four, and then I settled on one two four. It's just I was all over the place in this race. So Charlie, my friend, you're taking it. What'd you like about the two debate, and then obviously touch on the four, and then we'll move on. I
1: mean, yeah, like th- this card worries me to be honest, man. Because like we've been on such a roll of such difficult cards, and like when I went on the flagship show, so many cards were always taking me forever. But like I like was very caught off guard with how quickly I went through this card. And then I saw once the odds came out that I took all the favorites. So I was disappointed. You know, I'm normally the one where I'm the one who goes with the bold takes. I do want to point out, I wish I had been bold enough to actually keep it on my pick five, but I did pick that three horse that was like opening at 12 to one, Frost. I forgot the name of it. That ended up, and it ended yep. up winning the race as an underdog. So, like, I normally am the one who likes to be a little different. Patrick only did it in one race, and we've had a lot of us not having hot takes and being chalky and weasels. I guess Kyle infected us. But I mean, that's just like what this card is. Like, unfortunately, the favorites do look the part. I will say, when we get to this last mm-hmm. race, as much as I like the favorite in it, that's the one where I think, excuse my language, but shit could get crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, don't have going it. Back, But, yeah, like, going back to this race, I mean, yeah, the two like, – like I said, what excites me about the two is just the fact that it's got solid early and late speed. It is one that looks like it could just sit off that pace and, and come, like, finish its best work late. I feel like that's really the only way you can beat the one is if you can stay close enough and have – your best late, and that's why I have the two there i don't think it should go off at six to one it might because of the connections but i think this is if you're just looking from a stylistic perspective you know like as they say in fighting styles make fights if there's any horse that has the style that could give the one trouble i feel like it's the two
0: yeah and then i love the turn back it's coming from a mile and seven and a half the only thing that concerned me which why i pegged it down a little bit was the race that it, the two races that's run pretty well on have been in the slop um, the horse came back at a really tough allowance field going a one turn mile. I love or sorry, two turn mile at Oakland, excuse me. That's why I like the cut back to one turn. The seven and a half at Churchill is a one turn mile, and I believe the aqueduct's a one turn mile as well. So coming back one turn, that's why I really like this horse. That's why I had this horse on top originally. But um I think this horse, I just think the one could clear and be on its way. But I do like the two a lot for all those reasons you mentioned. And Charlie, wrap it up with the, sorry, with the number four overboard with, of course, I knew I should have guessed that you had to throw this horse in there.
1: I mean, to be fair, though, as you kind of hit on, the other horses just look so much not the part. It was kind of hard not to. I actually, like, genuinely thought this was the race I've probably been the least biased towards Wesley because, like, Patrick had it at second. I really do feel like with this field, you really couldn't put the four any lower than third, but I was realistic. Again, not a chief horse. I do really like the improvement. I know it hasn't raced in a while, but to see it jumped all the way up to that 84 does show that something was there. Um, Granted, I think it was on the slop. Uh, Like, the conditions weren't great. Um... But, yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, sorry, I just saw the comments. On no, the you're fine. I'm looking too. But, um, yeah, I don't know what the four. You know, it's not like most Wesley horses. As you mentioned, it doesn't really have that crazy, crazy speed you're normally used to seeing. Which, again, with the distance of this race, maybe that's not a bad thing. I certainly think this one will be a horse that will be in the money. I personally wouldn't be putting wagers on this Wesley horse. I like the one I talked about earlier a lot more, even though, as you mentioned, it's a little more raw. Just because I feel like with Joel and Wesley, you're going to get a really bad odd on this horse. And I don't think it's worth crazy odds. Like for me, I think seven to two is like spot on where it should be. I don't think you're going to get that though. I think it's going to end up being the one gets a ton of money and everybody else is going to back the four. So if it were me and I was betting this race on its own, I would really look into doing like a one, two exact. I think the one should win. I think the two is the clear cut second best horse, but won't get the odds showing that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, look, the four uh, hasn't raced since August of last year at Saratoga going five and a half. I think, this horse could be a pretty, really good going um, seven furlongs. But again, look, I mean, Keeneland last time going six and a half. It's all the way back in twenty twenty one, might I add. But ran against Tejano Twist, and that spot was which turned obviously into are. a really nice horse. Conager at Keeneland in the spring, then waits till Saratoga. Placed on the turf, which is a really weird spot. But portfolio company, and then under oath, and then this last race. Granted, it was all the way back in twenty twenty two. But Joel lost the um, lost the whip halfway down the stretch when the horse looked like it was really coming and all it needed was a little bit of a wake-up call, but he didn't have the crop with him. So, you know, it, details from I guess. But coming off a long layoff, Wesley has such good numbers. The horse isn't working the best, but for a horse that's ran eight times, it's not necessarily concerning to me. I think this horse will be in the money for sure, but I agree with you. Don't think you'll get that good of a price guys we're going on the last race here it this one is this
1: is the fun one for me in my this eyes, one is least. the wide
0: open one granted i think the first two races of the card are wide open as well but i was originally five deep in this race as well and i had to tr- trim it down to three just based on uh money wise which i obviously i can't play that big of tickets so um just kind of scratch it down i ended up going just three deep but this is a full field of 12 here going um one mile on the turf track for a hundred and ten thousand dollar allowance the morning line favorite is the number three turf king and again just hey for everyone out there again look at this charlie the the old kyle roscoe special for going the chalk eating weasel five for five ladies and gentlemen so it's not me this time
1: all i want to point out for this race we cover it number one is that I'm very high on the eight, who's eight to one. And number two, a horse (laughs) I'm going to make us touch on, since Patrick's not here, that's in my pick five, is the two horse, who's ten to one. So while I did put chalk on top, this was the race where I got crazy to make sure to include some long shots that I like. And I'm curious to hear what you like about the seven and Patrick, because you guys have it on top, and I have it nowhere. For me, I looked at the seven. I saw, because I looked it over when the odds came out, that that people obviously are high on it. I don't see anything in the seven, personally. But obviously, we'll get to it. But yeah, let's start with my three horse. Come on, it's the boys. All right,
0: I'm switching it right now. Going over to the number three, I'll let you talk about Turf King. (laughs) It's just freaking it, Jim. All right. What did you like most about Turf King for Chad and Gaffleon?
1: I mean, I love everything. You got the best, in my eyes, the best trainer in the world, my favorite jockey in the world. I know the pace was a little cold, but the reality is it won first time out in a respectable race. Uh, Again, you look at the figures are incredible not a cheap horse. I mean, you look at the horse, which again, I'm going to uh, touch on later that I really like in Fearless Soldier that I think could be dangerous. And Fearless Soldier lost this horse by four lengths. I just really do feel like this is Turf King's race to lose. You know, there were a lot of races where I thought I could almost single or I could really go one or two deep. The only reason I didn't with this is it's too big of a field. I'm not ballsy enough. And quite frankly, there are a lot of respectable horses. But I love everything about Turf King. I think it's worth those odds 100%. Admittedly, for the amount of horses in this field and for the amount of legitimate contenders, it's not the best price. But I do 100% see why this horse is the favorite. I have no idea what kind of odds you're going to end up getting on it. But I love this horse. Like I said, I really do, in the past, on a lot of our cards, and you can speak to this, have tended to be the one who goes away from the favorites, but it just so happens to be that the favorites have looked legit. Now, again, like I said, this race is wide open. This is the one that excited me. This was the first race out of all of them where I really had to spend a lot of time nitpicking through it. There's a reason I went four deep in it and why, as I said, we'll touch on it and pick some other long-rod horses. But I love everything about Turf King. I think it is a very legitimate favorite.
0: Yeah, and improving second time out coming from goldstream that has – it um this horse has been at the track for three works now so chad definitely has had this spot picked out for a while so the intent is there in my opinion um this horse i mean he closed it stalked into a cold pace last time and if this horse can improve off the 82 i think this horse is really live for chad as well look i love Dunedin and being not just because this horse is by Kelsey. Cause I know whatever all you're trained by Kelsey owned by John and MBS. I know what you're going to say. It's not because of the connections, but this horse ran a really, really good futurity at, and during the back at Belmont at aqueduct meet, I would say back at aqueduct. So it is second time off the layoff, put uh Kelsey throws him into the Cutler Bay runs a decent third, you know, did uh decreasing in the buyers a little bit, but first time off the long layoff doesn't surprise me too much, even though Kelsey does a really good job with horses coming off definitely on over six month layoff. Um, she did it with three of my horses, which is, you know I mean, just ridiculous in its own right. But I think this horse really has a chance to improve off that second time off that layoff. I think this spot really fits this horse. This I think the seven and a half at Goldstream really showed this horse being really even, never really had a kick. I just don't know if this horse was necessarily ready. This horse will be forwardly placed, get first run, and I think this horse will improve to maybe a little mid mid eighties. And I think this that could be good enough to win this race. I really like Dunedin in this spot. Obviously, Charlie talked about everything with the three. I have nothing more to add on that. Charlie Wesley horse, you I have in third, you have in second. This horse freaked, frankly, last time out going a mile on the synthetic, but now has to show it on turf.
1: Yeah, I mean, like uh, this horse, I I love everything about it. I think it has its chance to get back on turf. I think Wesley, again, kind of how you mentioned earlier with Chad, I think Wesley likes this horse in this spot. Um, I love the early speed. I think this horse, again, it showed it could sit a little off the pace. I think this horse can go to the lead. I like the gate position for it to do that. I don't think it'll have to deal with too much traffic. Again, I like that John Velasquez is on the horse. Love the huge jump in the speed figure off of that long of a layoff. To me, is insane. I think this horse is live. Its workouts have been great. The horse looks ready to go. To be honest, again, I mean, I, I wasn't going to single this race. There's too many legit contenders. But, man, when I saw this 11 horse, it got me so excited. I, I, I genuinely think this is what could help the three horse. It's going to be interesting because it's two horses that look great, that are expensive, and, have, and both have great connections. So it's going to be very interesting to me to see how the odds end. But I think it's going to end up being a two-horse race in terms of from an odds perspective between the 3 and 11. I think there's other contenders out there, but I think all the money is going to come in on 3 and 11, and rightfully so. I love this horse. Didn't love what I was seeing on the figures early on, but I love that huge jump off the layoff. I think Wesley has this horse ready to go, and I'm very excited to see how it performs in this spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, the 11, like you said, I just don't like that the big buyer jump comes on th- synthetic. I like that it comes at the distance. And the other thing I actually wanted to touch about Dunedin, same thing with uh with Wyco, is this horse ran six and a half at Kentucky Downs, which generally people consider it closer to be a bit more like a mile, basically more like a route race. So that's the other thing. The distance doesn't scare me at all with Dunedin. And same, th- I mean, the same can be said. Excuse me. The same can be said for this horse, especially the way it ran on synthetic last time. This horse is just gonna be such a low price in this spot, and especially with that buyer figure, this horse just have to show me on turf that it can do it at a low price. The breeding says, you know, it should be it should be decent on the turf, but again, at five to two or two to one, this horse is gonna have to show it to me that it that this horse can run on turf coming back again, newly turned from two to three. Could also be a big step up, which is why I have this horse in third and have this horse on my ticket. Could just be a big step up, but we'll see what goes on. Charlie, I'll let you talk about the eight, and then I know you want to touch on the two, but we're going to move on right after that to our pick five ticket.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one – I guarantee you are not getting eight to one. Another really expensive horse, amazing connections with Irad and Pletcher. You know the special things they've been able to do together. Um, again, the, the only thing for me with this horse is it ran against Turf King and it wasn't really that close. Um, again, I know it's second time out. It improved, obviously. I think this horse could be a great horse to have in your underlays. I, it wouldn't surprise me just because of, again, the connections that this horse wins. Um, Pletcher has the horse working very well. I think Fearless Soldier is a very talented and capable horse. I don't think it's good enough to win, but it wouldn't surprise me by any means. Again, you're not getting eight to one. I can promise you that. I think this one will probably go off closer at five to six to one, maybe even lower again just because of the connections. Again, it's also a newer horse and had two solid efforts. Uh The distance honestly doesn't worry me. I think this horse will get a stalking pace. So, again, maybe it does get the perfect trip and it works out. But, uh, yeah, when we touch on this next horse, I could not believe the odds on this two horse. But, uh, yeah, that's what I had to say about the eight. And then, yeah, the two, I just like I said, I could not believe the odds. I thought that horse, when I saw the lines come out, was going to be like six to one. I really did think it wouldn't be better more than that. Again, I know the connections aren't all that well-known, but not a cheap horse. You look at the figures, very solid. You look at the late figure, great. I mean, I know it ran into a hot pace, but it still ran going away. The distance shouldn't be a problem at all for this horse. I mean, in its second race, I mean, you want to talk about a huge jump up. To go from $68,000 made into a $250,000 race, they threw it right into the deep end, which I like because that's a big load of confidence, especially off not that long of a break, less than a month. I think this horse could be dangerous again. Will it win? I don't know, but it could be wide open but I like this horse in this spot. I think the figures and the ability show it's way more capable than 10 to 1. This is one I would certainly have been putting into the exactas and trifectas. Love everything about Midnight Rising and again, if you're looking for a horse to take a chance on, I think the 2 is every bit the part.
0: Yeah, and I mean, look, I think it's based on connection wise and the fact that this horse has been running on synthetic. I think that's the pro- that's why you're going to get 10 to 1 and I think you'll probably get up there to those that price i do see what you're thinking you're seeing is with the figures and all that stuff i think that the connections and the synthetic race is why this horse is going to be so high but this was definitely not out of the question either um i completely agree with you but we're going to move on to our pick five tickets and i'll let i'll talk we'll talk about nba for a little bit and then we got to get going but uh alexander thanks so much for joining pointing that Dun eden i've i've talked about <laughs> the horse i don't even know how i did that but it is done eden thank you alexander I keep saying, I don't know why I kept saying done it in. I've literally seen the whatever. It doesn't matter. No one gives a crap. But um, I want to put us full screen for this because I want to bring up a comment from Case G. Rip to Dean Holland, top jockey, dad, and husband. I completely agree. Howard seconds it in the chat case. Just an absolute tragedy. For those of you that don't know, Dean Holland was uh, racing in Australia, took a fall, and ended up not coming out of it. So again, rest in peace to Dean Holland and all condolences to his family and friends out there as well. Cause yeah, I mean, he was an absolutely top jockey and a top guy as well. So thanks again, case G As this was our first show since then. So rest in peace to Dean Holland. You'll be sorely be missed of course. And Charlie, I'm going to let you talk about your pick five and big shooter, man. I mean, Hey, you better, you better play this like five times over at this point. Cause my God, Charlie's going with an $18 for 50 cents, 36 for a dollar ticket going eight, nine twelve. With two three ten singling warlike goddess singling a la carte and going four deep two three eight eleven in the last again that's thirty six for a dollar Charlie you got to talk about it.
1: I mean, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, the thing I take pride on in this show is my hot takes and the fact that I'm not afraid to be bold and be different. So my thought process was, if I was going to look like Kyle, look like a chalky and weasel and take all the favorites, what can I do to show the people why I'm still the fan favorite and show them why they still love what I have to hear and that I'm not just getting so infected by Kyle that I'm playing scared. And you know what they say, scared money don't make money. So the reality I thought was, if I want to be that way, I got to stand on what I believe on. If I'm claiming that I believe in these favorites and I think they're they deserve to be at those odds, even if they're not – the most appealing odds. I got to stand on that. That's why I had two different singles. As I mentioned earlier, I do think there's multiple legit contenders in those earlier races, but I did just stick with my top three because I went with them for a reason. And as I touched on, I think the last race, as much as I like the favorite, I do think there's a lot of legitimate contenders, which is how I ended up for Yeah, Look, if you're looking, if you're someone who also likes the favorites, but again, you want to have a little more of a bold ticket. You also want to be on a budget. Look, you want to go 50 cents for 18 bucks. Why not take a chance on my ticket? You know, and I don't single often, people. So this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And double single that doesn't happen ever.
0: Hey, it happened once before, but you know, yeah, I'm, know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love the little tickets. You know that I love the press up of the opinions. Like I said, you played this for two bucks for seventy two in your normal in the normal budget. Obviously, play to your own budget, but um, I love the press up tickets, and I think. If it comes out chalky, that's how you're going to make some money is with the press up tickets. So Charlie again is going eight, nine, twelve with two, three, ten with four with one with two, three, eight, eleven. So Charlie, but I mean, if you're ready for some for a balls ticket, it's not going to be in the spread. But there's one horse missing in this ticket that I see you'll see and you you see it now. I'm going with six, eight, nine, twelve with two, three, five, six, ten with two, five with one with three seven eleven for sixty bucks. And I'll I'll talk about the spread first, but I'll get to obviously the pressing question at hand of why am I not including this horse?
1: Race six is the maiden
0: race six is the maiden race. Um I originally was five deep in here, which I could have gone five deep. I'm keeping it um I'm keeping it to a minimum like 60 bucks. That's usually what I like to play around these tickets is about 60 bucks. Um because I'll also play doubles throughout the day as well. Um, I included pen numbers Maker for Fausto Gutierrez and Walter Rodriguez. The, the, I mean, that horse is going to go out to the front or just sit behind. And if that horse gets first run, could be live for sure. Obviously, Salabia, Pure Country, and the number 12 Towerette for CHC and Clement. Um, in the second leg, I'm five deep in that race. I think that's a race where you could really get. If Castle Warden doesn't win he's still green, there's a lot of different horses that could come from as well. I the two horses I didn't have that I included were Dark Vector, the two that you talked about, and the 10, the Wesley horse that you also talked about. So I had your two top into uh, your other two and your top three on there as well. Um, and again, in the Bewitch, it's it's again, it's what Charlie said, and what I said earlier. It's either you have you include Warlike Goddess and you single her, which I'll probably play for full disclosure. I'll probably play a backup ticket pressing, uh, you know, with Warlike Goddess in there, but. I'm going to try and beat her. I'm going 2-5, only personal best, and, oh uh, well, God, what's her nuts? Uh, Temple City Terror. I'm going those two, not including Warlike Goddess, and if she loses, the value increases massively on these tickets. So that is where I'm going with. I, that's my bold prediction. I'm going without Warlike Goddess. I am singling a la carte in the ninth and in the 10th. I'm going with just my top three. I think you can get by with it. With Turf King, uh, Dunedin. And the 11, the Wesley horse, that uh, the Irish bread, which is Wyco. So yeah. I'm going, like I said, that's my bull prediction. I'm going without Warlike Goddess. But I like I said, I think that's where the value comes in. So either single her or you don't include her at all because there's no use in wasting another $30 uh, to have her included on my ticket, for, at least for me. So, no,
1: I agree. I, I feel like with the one and four in those two races, I singled, it's exactly how you hit it. You either got to go with the one and four, or go with at least one of them. And then in the other race pick against it. But you can't include the one, neither the one nor the four in your ticket. If you're not going to single them, it just doesn't make sense. You got to And as we both highlighted, the two and the five are the only other legit contenders. So if you are going to go against it, I think you played it the exact way you have to.
0: And hey, look, see, I'm getting some love in the chat, even from the guy that calls me a chalk-eating weasel. So, cheers to you, Jim. I appreciate it. And thanks, racing downwind. Greatly appreciate it, Alex. I agree with you. You know, us college students, I, you remember that everyone remembers the days, man. You play these short tickets. You press up your opinions. Your opinions are wrong, then so be it. But only you know you play these short tickets, and that's the way you can make a lot of return. Um, pr- Charlie, I'm going to give us about, I would say, about just over five minutes to talk about. Uh, this NBA, this NBA playoff situation, because I'm a little heated about it, as you know. But we'll talk about it. Charlie, floor is yours, my friend.
1: What you got for me? Yeah. So I mean, for starters, I got to pay tribute to him. I, I got to, you know what? As much as I like my hot takes and how, and I know I'm pretty much always right. You still got to own it when you're wrong. So to Patrick, I do wish he could have been here to say his part. But, um, yeah, I mean, all the respect in the world to him with his Knicks winning in five today. I know a lot of my friends here from New York are happy. I thought it was going to be the Cavs in seven, but obviously I was wrong. Um, as tied into you, I mean, it's going to be very interesting what happens because right now Milwaukee's down three after one. Obviously, it's early. I think they'll win that game, but then you do have to go back to Miami. So that whole bracket side is going to be interesting. I know Atlanta with Trey Young having that big buzzer beater or I guess like there was like a second left to so keep their season alive was great, but I think we're on course for Philly versus Boston. Anyway, if that series does happen, which I think it will, that'll be amazing, but I'm more excited about the West. Obviously the only two teams who have already advanced my Phoenix sons and the Denver nuggets. I actually will be going to the games in Phoenix. So I'm very excited to uh, talk about that ahead on that. But uh, yeah, I think Phoenix will run through Denver. I'm really not worried. I love every bit of that matchup. All the respect in the world to the Clippers. I did have the Suns in five, but, man, did they make it tough. Denver doesn't scare me one bit. They played him two years ago. They get Jamal Murray back. We get Kevin Durant. I'll take that any day. We, uh, we swept him before. I don't think we're sweeping him again. Probably going to be Suns in five or six, but it's a matchup nightmare. The reality is Denver doesn't play defense that well. Jokic actually somehow, even though Aiton's like the worst defender I've ever seen, struggles against DeAndre, Aiden. I don't really get it. Uh, but the reality is they can't guard Kevin Durant. Chris Paul, because of their drop coverage with, with Jokic is a matchup nightmare for them. Devin Booker's been the best player in the NBA in these playoffs. Like Unbiased, he genuinely has been, if you look at it from a statistical perspective. So they'll run their way right to the conference finals. I mean, like I've been saying people, I've been begging people to bet the Suns to win it all. I know there's some bias there, but man, their path looks nice right now. I mean, huge game tonight. Sacramento and Golden State tied it, two. I mean, that's obviously been the best series. Anybody who's been watching these NBA playoffs knows that's been the most entertaining series to watch. So tonight's a crucial game because you know, I mean if Golden State wins this man and they they they've won three straight and they go home, you know that series is over. So I'm really pulling for the Kings person. I want to see that one get seven. I mean man, the Lakers it looked like the Kings, yeah. I mean the uh, Grizzlies were done. Looked like they were over and they just come out and blow out the Lakers and keep I was their say, season alive. were up.
0: I saw they were up by like 20. Yeah, what they won good? by
1: 17. So I mean, I think still you're going back to LA. I think Braun closed them out in six just as I predicted. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, again, it looked like the Grizzlies might just roll over, but they mm-hmm. didn't. Uh, but, so, I mean, yeah, I guess that's the gist of it. And I do want to say one thing to touch on. I mean, I don't really have – I wish I could have done more research, but it is finals week, so I haven't. But I am curious because I saw some stuff in the chat about I wonder what people – because I saw what Penn State Scott said. I wonder what you think about the NFL draft tomorrow because that is something that's big that's coming yeah. up. We got that first round tomorrow, and he's saying uh, – asking if I love C.J. Stroud. I do love C.J. Stroud, actually – he was a guy I advocated for long before any Ohio state fans did for him to be the starting quarterback. I really liked him, but then I didn't like his play. I thought he played soft and scared. He was scared to run. And I got to witness that Georgia game. I was there for it. And man, that was one of the best performances I've ever seen. I love CJ Stroud. for me. I know I'm biased, but he's my QB one. Um, I know he's not going to probably go first. It looks like it's going to be Bryce young. I don't know if you also saw, but will Levis, there was like a, 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 a red I saw that. that went out. Yep. Yeah. And he, and and um, I saw on TikTok though, he got interviewed about and he was like it's completely fake i don't know where they got that from and he was like look if it ends up being me like congrats that you bet on me but if not i'm not responsible for dude, you dude like vegas
0: dropped like like tenfold i don't well, know if they you said. i mean if
1: you get if the bets get hammered that much you got to adjust
0: well yeah but i mean go from four thousand to 400 i mean that's yeah, a, yeah, that's a that's big drop
1: that no that is absurd but um yeah i mean i wish i i didn't get to it because i have been busy i was I, I had been meaning to try to give some picks because what I like to do I mean I highly encourage for the people that are listening right now it is something fun to do it's hard to do but it's a fun thing to do just like skim through your draft props and just find a few prospects that you're high on to get drafted at a certain time and it'll give you like an over under of them getting picked around that range that's something I personally like to do plus some small wagers on that you know it helps you stay engaged in the draft if you don't exactly know what's going on or maybe if your team's not picking high or maybe they pick at the beginning and then it gets boring so that's a fun thing I highly recommend people do but I think this draft will be interesting. I think it's going to be one of the more unpredictable ones that we've had in a while. Um, I know Adam Schefter even actually placed a bet live on television saying that there wouldn't be a run on quarterbacks early on, that he didn't think there would be two quarterbacks taken in the first four picks, which is crazy, because you know that's pretty much how it always goes. So I think that'll be interesting. I mean, again, on the NBA, in terms of the NBA, we'll talk more about it next week as uh, you know as it goes on, hitting on each round. But, uh, yeah, like I keep saying, people, take the Suns while you still can, man. Especially with the Bucks in trouble, who for me were their biggest threat. Those odds are just gonna keep dwindling. I don't know if you saw though, your Bucks headed into tonight. We're still the third choice to win the title yeah, behind yep. the Celtics and Suns, which is crazy to show they were, confidence. They but only, I get it.
0: They're down three one and they're only plus one hundred to win the series.
1: Which is ridiculous to me. <laughs> Nothing against it, but you know how hard it is to come back three one. I mean, yeah.
0: Of course. I mean, obviously, you know, if Giannis goes demon time, well, Jimmy went demon time, frankly. I mean, dude drop fifty six and brooke lopez dropped 36 i mean like what well, that's that's more nuts to me than jimmy dropping 50 but um look you know playoff jimmy's a real thing and um obviously you know the meat the, the meat <laughs> the heat were a very rough uh eight seed for sure that the for the bucks to get I much would rather had the bulls beat them frankly but um like I said, just got to come back down 3-1. It's not easy to do, but if there's one team that can do it in this year's playoffs, it's definitely the Bucks. so hopefully they can get that home for the boys uh, just like the boys did uh, today against Arsenal because, oh, <laughs> disgusting. Oh, well, Ar- Arsenal
1: collapsed, man. Also, I do want to get off before we wrap up. My best bet, I know it's biased, and it's yep, also hard because there's not many picks to make, but right now, On FanDuel, the Suns to win the series are minus 146. I love that. I would hammer it. And then the Suns are minus one and a half is plus 124. I mean, my God, I'd put the college tuition on it. I love, love, love the Suns minus one. That will not get seven, and they will win that series. They're winning in five or six. You heard it here first. Call it a hot take. I think it's honestly, if anything, a little scary. I wouldn't even be scared to say a sweep's possible. what The Suns are winning that series in five or six games, folks. I'm telling you right now, it will not get to seven, and they're winning that series. So you can choose if you want free money or not. You know, some people like for free money to give it away and donate to charity. Some people like to donate it to Vegas as charity. And some people like to take the money from Vegas because they know they don't deserve to have all our money. So if you want to do that, just take the Suns, take your free money, go, go get yourself or somebody else something else. That's and
0: all I got to say. That's I, I freaking love it, dude. You know that. But, hey, guys, that's it for us today. Thanks again so much for joining in. Greatly appreciate everyone that tuned in Uh, for cat to handicap the late uh, of another amazing, you know, Keeneland, even though it hasn't really been that nice to me this year. <laughs> but um, just, you know, Keeneland's an absolutely magical place. So, you know, anytime we get to bet it, I got to
1: go there one day, man,
0: dude. Hey, fall meet, man. Fall meets coming up in October. We should go. That's all I'm saying.
1: Hey, we have a fall break in OSU. Maybe we got to set up something up.
0: Hey, you don't have to tell me twice, man. I'll meet you there. But for my co-host, Charlie Freeman, it has been your host, Kyle Roscoe, for episode number 17 of Betting & Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Thanks so much for joining, guys. Have a great night.